Welcome to Your Money in 20, the podcast from Woodward Financial Advisors. This is Ben Birkin along with Victor Colella. Victor, how are you doing? I'm doing well today, Ben. How are you? I'm doing just fine, thank you. It's another beautiful day in the summertime, which means it's 400 degrees outside with a humidity <laughs> of about 3,000%. So yeah, I we're was, doing great. Uh, we were just talking before we started and I'm looking out at my long grass that needs cut and it's sort of super hydrating so that I don't pass out of a heat stroke when I'm cutting the grass this afternoon. But Preventive maintenance is huge and critical, huge and critical. <laughs> wish and me, in fact, wish me luck. a timely, a timely lead into what we're going to talk about today, you know, preventive maintenance, how to keep your information and your finances safe from fraud. Before we get too far into that, though, I do want to give our standard disclaimer. While I don't know that we'll be talking too much about tax or legal things on this particular episode, should that come up, please remember this podcast is for educational and information purposes only. Nothing that we talk about should be specifically construed as investment advice, tax advice, legal advice. Should you have specific questions about your particular situation, please contact your professionals for that. So with that out of the way, we're recording about five days away from the tax filing deadline, and this tends to be a time when, I don't know, some less scrupulous members of society decide to maybe take advantage of some folks. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, we see it every year around tax season, but I think it's especially valid this year because, I mean, in the midst of this pandemic, I think everyone's guard is both up and down because they're you know, scared or trying to protect themselves and their family. So your normal diligence might be disrupted a bit. Um, so I think this is a good topic to cover right now, especially. Absolutely. So before we get into that, more of that why, even though that's how we led with it, let's take a step back. When we talk about protecting yourself, keeping yourself from fraud, um, sometimes you hear the words uh, identity theft. Yeah. You know, w- what are we talking about here broadly? Yeah. Well, yeah, it goes by a lot of names. Some of them kind of funny, in my, in my opinion. But so identity theft is a big one where folks are trying to impersonate you to open credit cards, impersonate you to file fraudulent claims for unemployment. That's one that's been happening lately. Or uh, file a fake tax return. I mean, there's there's a lot of different things that can fall into the identity theft. But there, especially in the financial side of fraud, Fishing or whale hunting, you might hear, where I, I'm sure we've all gotten that email from someone who it says your friend's name, but really the email is from some series of numbers and letters from someplace probably in Eastern Europe or something like that, saying, hey, I need to talk for a minute, uh, where they're trying to get information about you. Right. And no, no disrespect to our legions of fans in Eastern Europe, but... You know, I know that those Data fans aren't the ones perpetuating. Yeah, right. Those are those are those, they're the good ones. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, what else? What else? What other scams are out there? I mean, there's no sh- there's no shortage. Well, you know, there's the classic the uh, the Nigerian prince who's got money that he just needs to get somewhere, and if you could just give him your bank account, he'll give you a little bit, and everything will go on just fine. And what have you done? You've opened up yourself and all of your personal information to somebody who is clearly not a Nigerian prince and has no money. Sure. Yeah. And and I don't know any Nigerian princes, but I doubt that they're that generous. Um, Seems unlikely. Again, no offense to our Nigerian prince fans out there. Um, I know you're the good ones. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, and then there's, I'd, I'd open a third category here being... Um, how many large-scale data breaches have happened from... They're not you. Uh, it's 
Target, I think, happened. Yahoo got hacked. Experian, the Office of Management and Budget from the federal government. Like, that was the super big one, right? It seems seems like like every year there's another big one. Yeah, seems like it's in the headlines all the time. Uh, So, yeah, it's everywhere. It's all the time. Uh, And our goal today is to, to equip you with a few just general tips and tricks that, yeah, I think a lot of these criminals who are perpetuating these crimes. I think they're looking for low-hanging fruit. So you don't have to be the most locked-down individual in the United States or world. You just, we just want to help you not be the low-hanging fruit. So that's our goal today. Is that fair, Ben? Right. Move yourself up a little bit up the tree. Perfect. Assuming it's a fruit tree. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, that's, I think that's the metaphor. I think we're on the same page about that. <laughs> All right. All right. So you so, mentioned, you know, there's some stuff on the FBI website, right? That's a great resource for folks who are worried or concerned about this. Yeah. And I can't say I peruse the FBI's website all the time. It's probably a good thing that you don't. But but they have been pretty communicative in the midst of this uh, COVID-19 pandemic in saying, be extra careful. Here's some of what we're seeing. So a lot of government impersonators have uh, have been around recently. Uh, especially in the midst of the CARES Act, which we talked about on our first episode, where the government is giving us uh, stimulus checks, or depending upon who you are, um, a lot of impersonators, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of scams related to folks trying to get PPE. So getting trying to find masks and everything. And, uh, you know, saying we have all this, you know, you'll get an email saying we have PPE available, just give us your credit card number and we'll ship it to you. Um, you know, really preying on people's fear, which is uh, sad, but unfortunately true. Um, what else, Ben? I, I know they they named a couple others. Fake investment opportunities for cures for coronavirus. You know, again, stuff playing to us at our worst, most vulnerable moments. Um, you know, one of the ones that I hadn't really thought about, even though this is true for so many households, more kids certainly in the spring were home than wherever before and had to be online for school related things. And while you do the best that you can, when you do that, you're increasing the opportunity set for somebody to somehow figure out a way to get um, information through your kids. I know when I was, when I was young and the internet was still a brand new thing, mostly built in black and white because of how old I am. I got duped into giving out a credit card number on America Online Instant Messenger because I didn't know any better, right? It was still relatively new. And unfortunately, while kids are smarter now than I was back then, you know, they're a more vulnerable population and it's happening more. Yeah. Um, and if mom and dad are working from home, unlike maybe when the kids are online at school, there's someone watching them. Everyone's struggling to just keep up and, and make life continue to go on right now. And yeah, I think it's creating opportunities for people who want to take advantage of it. Yeah, so, and I think the last one that we mentioned when we were talking about this uh, before we started recording was not just the Secure Act that got rebates out to folks, but just fraudulent unemployment insurance claims. Right, so you use a stolen identity, file for unemployment insurance because they want that extra money that's out there as a bucket, and all of a sudden, somebody's claimed un- unemployment on your record whether you're unemployed or not, but God help you if you then become unemployed and the government says, no, we can't pay you. We're already paying you. Yeah. 
what a terrible time to try to untangle that at your worst possible moment. Truly. And we talked about tax returns. I mean, there's, there are so many, everyone's nervous and trying to save money on taxes around tax season. So, uh, that's one of our tips has to do with the government, whether it's from unemployment or, uh, the IRS or or whatever the case may be. Um, so what do you say we dive in to, I think we've got a list of nine. Yeah. I think we got nine nine items here, nine specific tips and I think, you know, before we get into this, one thing that we always talk to our clients about when they ask us about this, because we get asked every time there's a big data breach, like, what can I do? What can I do? Um, and it, one thing to remember is that there's no perfect way. There is always going to be a tension between allowing your life to be free and easy and protecting yourself to the extreme, right? Those are two opposite ends of the of the spectrum and recognizing where you sit on that and your comfort level is really important because you can do a lot of things to protect yourself, but you'll have then made your life very complicated yep. or you can make your life super easy and open yourself up to a lot of vulnerabilities. So I just want to put that out there too, as we go through some of these tips, because some of these are pretty, uh, you know, you can just practice them. Others of them might require a little bit of effort. Yeah. That's great. It's a balance. I think that's such a that's such a good point. Um, so yeah, let's dive in. Um, yeah. Our first one, I'll, I'll just sort of tee them up and we could talk about each one. Does that work, Ben? Yep. So our first one is be cognizant of your immediate circle of contacts. Um, ben, I think this is one that you talk about a lot. I'll let you... Yeah. I mean, I think especially now with so much happening on your cell phone, um, if you don't know the number who's calling you... Don't answer. If it's important, they'll leave a message. Um, some of these scams have gotten pretty sophisticated where they just want to hear your voice and acknowledge that you are who you say you are. So, you know, just as a practice, I don't answer my cell phone if I don't recognize a number, if it doesn't come in as a as a recognized contact. Yeah. And sa- same as in e- for email, especially. I mean, sometimes these folks on the dark web will sell your contact list from your email. So mm-hmm. even long after you've changed your email password and you're you're locked down again, your your contacts may be getting emails that look like they're from you but aren't actually from you, uh, requesting that you call them or give them some information or something like that. So, right, yeah, now, make sure, sure you one of those. Yeah, make sure you know who it's coming from. Um, second, and this is kind of related, if you do get something that you're not quite sure about, if there's anything that says you need to act immediately or bad stuff's going to happen you know, take a breath. Um, that's usually a good telltale sign that this might not be on the up and up. And then related to that is, you know, what are they even asking about? You know, what sort of questions are they asking and why are they asking them, especially if it's not somebody that you know, or even if it is somebody that you know, why would that person be asking for my credit card information? Why would they need my social security number? Yeah. 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 And, and both of those, and so the time sensitive and threatening communications and the, the information requested, not just who's requesting it, nice people who are scammers or the fact that it's time sensitive or threatening, they're trying to take your normal guard and lower it because this person's nice or because there's, it's a very urgent matter or because if you don't do this, bad things will happen or, you know, whatever it is, they're trying to lower your guard. And and I think having your antenna up looking for those triggers um, are good ones. Yeah. And I think, you know, to that one about um, it's almost like a good cop, bad cop on the good cop side of things. 
if somebody's telling you you won something that you didn't apply for uh, or that you're the long lost beneficiary of an account, um, probably not. Uh, maybe, but chances are probably not, right? <laughs> how, how likely is it that you had an uncle that you've never heard of that left you $10 million? I guess it's possible in a Charles Dickens novel, but it's probably not going to be happening in 2020. Right. Yeah. And that, that's actually our fourth, which is if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. And exactly. if you if you were part of a contest now, maybe maybe you actually filled out something for a sweepstakes that you knew was legitimate. Ask, could you please verify like I need verification that you are who you say you are. Yeah, um, make a phone call. You call somebody else. Get it. Hear it twice, which I think is another one that we've got. You know, get a second opinion, either from the people who sent it. You know, is there an organization that you call, or just some other way of verifying? And I mentioned, you know, the beneficiary or the award winner, and getting a second opinion is important. That's the good cop. The bad cop is the government or somebody pretending to be the government saying you owe this much money on your. T- call us immediately. Right. So yeah. the government will not contact you certainly by phone for personal information and definitely not via email, right? Yep, and I saw, this is on the FBI's website. So this isn't Ben and Victor saying, we're pretty sure the government won't contact you. I should say, we are not spokespersons for both either the US or the state where we live government. That is not part of our payroll. That's not what we do. Yeah, but that's the FBI says, we're not contacting you. Yeah, so say, the government's not contacting uh, you. Especially, I, I think uh, one of the things the FBI said is happening right now is, folks impersonating the government are reaching out on all sorts of means, even social media. I'm sure they won't contact you on Facebook. They being the government. Yeah. Uh, the, the government's not using Facebook messenger. Yeah. And generally speaking, if the government wants to get a hold of you, they'll find a way. Um, Cause it usually means you owe something or did something <laughs> illicit. So they're going to find you at some point. Uh, don't, don't give them any information because they probably already have it. Yeah, um, they're looking for a confirmation. So yeah, th- don't worry about the government contacting you via email or on the phone. They'll most likely do something via the mail if they do anything at all. Yep. And, and I want to underline another one that you just said, Ben, which is get a second opinion. If if anything seems weird, send it to somebody else and say, don't click on this, but does this look fishy to you? Um, it's never going to hurt to get a second opinion. And I know we do this for our clients all the time because we, we've seen a lot of these, um, just get a second opinion. Somebody else might, might catch something that you didn't see. Uh, if it seems a little fishy or why would my friend say something like that? Um, just pause. So I think those six that we just listed, that's kind of like your common sense. You haven't done too much different from your ordinary day-to-day living, right? You haven't had to sign up for anything. You just turned your brain on a little bit more and it's harder, but it's nothing terribly taxing. Um, The next couple actually require a little bit of effort. So one of them, and we try to pound this in all the time, take password security seriously and consider using a password manager. There's this great study that comes out or it's a survey or whatever you want to call it. The most commonly used password every single year is one, two, three, four, five. That is the most commonly used password. That is not a good password, right? Um, We've written on our blog, and I think if we can in the show notes, maybe we'll link to some of these pieces. I don't know if we'll be able to do that or not, but we're big proponents of using password managers. So a password manager is just a software program that keeps all of your passwords inside and means that you only have to 
remember one really, really good, strong password to get at your list. It's better than just keeping a piece of paper at your desk or a file on your computer. There are ramifications to doing those. Password managers are a great step in protecting yourself online. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think sort of adjacent to that, uh, and the other one is using the same password for multiple things. Right. Uh, that's one that I, so often I'll see. And I used to do this before I was sort of more, more educated. I think everyone has, right? But uh, those password managers make it a lot easier to have a unique password for all your thousands of different accounts uh, and still not sacrifice too much convenience. Right. And the good ones will generate the strong passwords that everybody says you need to be able to use, right? So digits, letters, numbers, symbols, caps, exactly. and all that, which you, you cannot do on your own. It's too hard. It's too complicated. Okay. This next one is probably my the one that I talk about the most, and it is use two-factor authentication, especially for financial-related accounts of yours. So I listened to someone from the FBI, actually, for who used to head cyber crimes division or something like that talk about two-factor authentication. And they said, most of these criminals are looking for that low-hanging fruit. And when they encounter someone who has two-factor authentication, they move on to the next person. So really quickly, Victor, tell folks who might not know, in a nutshell, what is two-factor authentication? So uh, it's when when you're logging in, they'll, they'll ask for your username and password, and they will t- either text you a one-time code, uh, usually a six or eight-digit number, that will only be good for one use that will get you all the way into your account. Sometimes you can have an app on your phone that generates a random key every 30 seconds, but it just makes it that much harder for someone to hack your accounts. And this one, there's a slight sacrifice in terms of convenience. I'll I'll recognize that because it takes another minute. You have to have your phone with you, those sorts of things. But this, this guy who I heard talk from the FBI said, only 1% of people have these two-factor authentication on their accounts. So you only have to be in the, in the, in the 1%, and those criminals still have 99% of people that they can move on to. Uh, so that's a, that's a big one. I do it for all my financial accounts personally. Uh, yeah, same. And, and I think it's pretty effective. Yep. So we've got one more, and I'm actually going to add a 10th one, but I think these two things are related. So the ninth one would be opt out. So getting on those no call lists, those do not call lists for all the telemarketers, you know, that was a big deal for a long time. Folks might not remember that. I think that expires after five years and you have to re-up yourself on that. Yeah, I think Um, so too. The thing that I'll add to that though is um, credit freezes and credit monitoring. So credit monitoring, you have to pay for that usually. It's still helpful to check your credit scores, which you can do at the three major credit card bureaus um, at each one of them every 12 months. But a credit freeze, something you work with those credit bureaus to do, which means people can't open an account in your name without you lifting the freeze. Again, we've written about this on our blog and various newsletters. We'll try to link to it in the show notes. But those two things are, again, they make life a little bit more challenging for you, but it's also a good protective mechanism. So just wanted to throw that in there too, the credit free side of things. Good addition. So all these, these are good tips. They're not going to reduce things to zero, but it will greatly decrease the chances that you're on the wrong side. Again, try to just not to be the low hanging fruit, I think is the big message here. Well, th- I think that covers most of it. It's definitely not exhaustive, but um, yeah, good luck. Stay diligent. And I think That's thanks right. for listening this time around. 
Yeah, thank you, everybody. Remember, you can always find us at woodwardadvisors.com. You can follow Victor and me on Twitter. I'm at WFA underscore Ben. Victor is at WFA underscore Victor. If you like what you hear, please let us know. Subscribe to the podcast so other folks can find us and let other folks know about all the good things we're having to say. Other than that, we'll hear, we'll talk to everybody next time. Yep. Thanks.